You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What you gonna do, brother, when systematic geekology runs wild all over you? Because today we are going to give the State of the Union of Professional Wrestling in 2022. We are Los Beardos de Muerta, and we represent the priests to the geeks. We are mediators between the Christian faith and pop culture. And if you enjoy what you hear today, if you think that Systematic Geekology is just too sweet, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash Geekology, where you can subscribe to one of our tiers and unlock monthly things like D&D playthroughs, comic book reviews, and Patreon backers this month should be getting an exclusive movie review as well. More details to come on that later. This episode is not going to be a bait and switch. We're not going to jump you in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven. This episode, this, this episode, this is just a couple of jabronis who want a little of the bubbly and a whole lot of Jesus and want to share it with you all as well. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode. I am the Polish dragon, Brandon Knight, the self-proclaimed cruiserweight champion of systematic geekology. And I'm having too much fun with this. And here is my tag team partner for today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I can't even... I can't even. Uh, <laughs> There's no going back after this one. There, this is the peak of the intros. It's all downhill after this one. I am. I am. The. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good of a good uh, wrestling. Oh, hang on. I am just a just a simple man, son of a plumber. Uh, fun hard times, baby. Uh, your host, uh, Joe, marketer, podcaster, and uh, lifelong wrestling aficionado and absolute geek. Um, if you had told me that uh, back in 97 when I first became a wrestling fan, yes, I am dating myself, uh, that, that I would get a chance to, uh, you know, talked about this kind of thing with uh, with other people i'd have called you nuts but yeah and not just talk about it but on a christian podcast because nowadays there is a thousand and one pro wrestling podcasts we all just listen to three of them but there's a you know everyone has a podcast (laughs) on wrestling but i don't know how much how often christians get together to talk about pro wrestling so this is this is industry making right here in the works here on systematic ecology but anyway today we're going to be talking about the state of the union of professional wrestling in 2022 this episode is going to be probably more for the experts 
if you're coming into this episode and you're a mark, you you know, you, and you know you are. Like, you're going to really get what's going on in this episode. Joe and I may try to slow it down a little bit at times to try and give a little bit of context. So that way, those of you who are just tuning in because you like systematic ecology, you'll be able to slot into this perfectly. Anything you want to say to that, Joe? Yeah. So I was thinking about how do you how do you sum up this ridiculous thing of pro wrestling in a soundbite in a in a single sentence explanation for the jobbers out there that have never heard of of I've never watched pro wrestling, and so I'm thinking about this, and I want to see what you think what you think of this soundbite explanation. It is a scripted athletic event presented within the paradigm of a greater overarching sports entertainment um, storyline involving, typically speaking, good guys versus bad guys centering around uh, championships or blood feuds or mimosa matches. We'll get (laughs) (laughs) I think that's really good. I, I think that works well. The way I will use it like this, the way that I explained it to my wife when she first wanted to watch wrestling with us, with us, which, by the way, was Royal Rumble. 2017, whichever was the one that Brock Lesnar entered the Rumble and then Goldberg immediately threw him back out. That was that was the Rumble that she watched first time she ever watched wrestling with us. And the way I explained it to her, because obviously the thing that people all know is that it's fake fighting. It's not fake fighting. It's a stunt show. That would be the way that I would sum up, give them the more concise version of what you just said. It is a stunt show. But I think you did. Yeah, go ahead. I want to speak to the whole to the whole fake thing for a minute. Get in there and take a bump and tell me how fake it is. I've (laughs) I've taken a bump like I'm not going to say I had my. I had my cup of coffee trying trying out my hand when I was, you know, in the midst of, of doing MMA and all of that kind of stuff. I sure. knew a local promoter that was okay. putting on shows. And so I did a little bit of, of training. And I'll tell you what, the story might be scripted. The people might be playing characters. Those bumpsers, real as they get, Jack, like that is for real real so yeah no but but i totally get it like most people know it as as fake wrestling and all of that but it's it's scripted it's predetermined it's still Mm -hmm. not like show though yeah no these you know have you ever seen a wrestler like there is a lot of physical endurance and a lot of strength training that goes into preparing to be a professional wrestler Obviously, there are exceptions when it comes to the big, bulky guys. You know, maybe some guys are just big. But overall, it takes a lot of athleticism to go out there and to take a bump. Even if you're not doing Lucha Libre and Zip Zap flying around, like it takes a lot of athleticism to go out there and do what they do. Yes, it all is predetermined most of the time. Wrestling started out, though. That's one of my favorite parts, though, about the the history of wrestling is that professional wrestling was a legitimate combat sport going all the way back 
to the early 1900s. It was a style of wrestling known as catch as catch can wrestling, which is a mouthful. It's shortened as catch wrestling now. And it was taught as this legitimate wrestling style that you caught an opponent in any hold that you could in an attempt to submit them. It's a form of submission wrestling. And so it was a lot of joint manipulation and peeling back fingers. And to this day, there are still people out there like Josh Barnett, Davey Boy Smith Jr., um, Brian Danielson, Shayna Baszler, who have all done tried their hand in catch wrestling, and it still is a part of their wrestling style as well. Shoot wrestling, which is the more legitimate side of pro wrestling is still a part of the industry in all of its colorful characters and pyrotechnics and the occasional clown character. Yeah. It's so funny that what, what old, what is old is new again in a lot of different respects, because, you know, especially for somebody like me who, who who I came up during the attitude era, I watched Mm -hmm. wrestling like so many people, our age got in during the the Monday night wars and all of that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff that now to see that athleticism and work rate is back at the top of what is considered the most important is Mm -hmm. very interesting to me versus like the big larger than life dudes, the characters, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. It's fascinating that like, even for somebody like me, six foot, 200 pounds i was a lot heavier when i was when when, back then that i would still be considered small in comparison to oh yeah the the more mainstream guys like you know your hulk hogan's your john cena's your randy orton's your you know people like that yeah that's part of the reason why i've i've keep putting off trying my hand at it because i am a small dude like when Rey Mysterio gets in the ring, I'm like, that's probably what I would look like in there because I'm I'm just like five, six coming in at like 175. Like I would be a small guy in there. Nowhere near the, you know, the Andre, the Giants, the probably even like Stone Cold would be in more shape than I am. <laughs> so. That's kind of the brief like this is where it started at It started as this like legitimate combat sport over time. People figured out that, hey, they made more money fixing the fights. Mm-hmm. That's and that's kayfabe. It's kayfabe is this idea of the real world has its thing and the professional wrestling world has its real. That's kayfabe. You yeah. stay in character and that was a big thing back when we were kids in the 90s was you always stayed in character no matter what kayfabe kind of died in the 90s (laughs) i still remember when during during the steroid trial of the 90s um when when vince came out and said that it was that it was all scripted and broke Mm -hmm. kayfabe for the first time publicly it was like a huge thing because there were a lot of people who really did think that it was, it was all legit. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. for years and years, you, you know, good guys and bad guys, they didn't ride together. Like you did not mm-hmm. see people out. And that's, you know, I, you would never see back in the day, people on social media taking pictures with one another. You know what I mean? Like if they were in a storyline together and no. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. The other day I saw Matt Cardona got married. 
him and Chelsea Green finally got married and he was posting pictures of his bachelor party and it was Cody Rhodes, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, like all this mixing. And you would not have had that. No. 20 years, even 20 years ago, you would not have had that. Boy, we already sound like old men yelling at the clouds. Ah. Jim Cornette would be proud. Uh, (laughs) Slowing down the roll a bit. So the brief history of wrestling is legitimate combat sport turns into this uh, fixed promotion. There are the territory era, basically pre 1970s. The United States was broken up into kingdoms, really. People would book a certain geographical demographic of the United States of their smaller territory of promotions. This is where you get things like the National Wrestling Alliance was one of the big ones back in the day. Um, The McMahons out in New York running the World Wrestling Federation. I think it had more W's and more F's in the title back then. Uh, The McMahons running the North Northeastern territory of the United States. Over time, Vincent Kennedy McMahon comes up with the idea of going national uh, and broadcasting nationally. And that was the end of the territory era, because prior to prior to that, basically, whatever area you lived in, that was the wrestling you got to see. I would have seen Chicago wrestling. Uh, Joe would have seen whatever it was. You may have gotten that uh, Northeastern, depending on where you're at. Like you may have gotten the McMahon stuff. Um, I would have gotten Killer Kowalski. Like that would have been my guy <laughs> back you in the day. Gotten AWA. It would. would I think so. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. I think I would have gotten AWA. Um, but McMahon took it national, and through that, basically killed the territories. Um, other than. The NWA, who is like the comeback kid story in every era of professional wrestling. Uh, McMahon goes national with the World Wrestling Federation. It kills the territories because everybody wanted to be on TV. You made more money that way than just touring your local area. National Wrestling Alliance launches WCW, the World Championship Wrestling. Enter the 90s. This is when things start becoming more sports entertaining. Joe, would you say that's right? It became more about the characters and the the shock jock Vince Russo storylines than the um, combat part of it. Oh, come on, bro. You don't like you don't like when things are put on a pole, bro. Come on, bro, <laughs> um, bro. bro. That's exactly right. Like that, there's a reason why so many of us look to, from from my generation, look to characters. It's because it's what we it's what we were raised on. You know what I mean? You think about two of the biggest names of the '90s, right? When you think of '90s wrestling, oh, every the the '80s, the '90s, and somewhat the 2000s. Mm-hmm. all kind of have their centerpiece guys right you think yeah. of these guys that transcended outside of wrestling most people have heard the name hulk hogan before you oh, know yeah. most people have known have have heard the name stone cold steve austin before everybody and their mother has heard the name of Dwayne the rock johnson oh yeah um, which for those of you that don't know started off as a professional wrestler all started off as an amateur football player and then became a professional wrestler um, but you had the, these two guys, Stone Cold and The Rock, 
were were characters. Their work rate was fine. Like they were they were yeah. fine, but it, they weren't work rate guys. They were character guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget the Rock's finisher was an elbow drop. A slow paced elbow drop where you literally right the ring and then stop <laughs> and then go down. Like come on. Right. Yeah. The. It, yeah, it was about the characters. It was and we still carry that. You're right. You know, I look at guys in the WWE, a lot of their mid carters now, and I'm like, why do I care about this person? They're they're just fodder out here for someone to squash real quick. Anyway, so you get to the 90s Monday Night Wars WCW Nitro going up against WWF Raw Joe Nitro Raw. Uh, Nitro, more often than not. I was a huge uh, Wolfpack guy. Wolfpack, all right. I, uh, you know, I was very young in the 90s, but I remember WCW more. And according to my dad, I don't remember this, but according to my dad, we would wrestle during the commercials and I would always be Jake the Snake Roberts. That's who I always wanted to be. I mean, he carried a snake around, so a kid is going to gravitate towards that. But I couldn't remember the snake part. So I was always Jake the alligator because alligator stuck in my head as a child better than snake, which rhymes. Um, Eventually, Vince McMahon buys out his competition. That was the big, you know, the simulcast being both on WCW and WWF at the same time. Buys out WCW. You get into the early 2000s. And Joe, would you say this is the birth of the indies? Indie independent wrestling has always been a thing in the backside. But in the early 2000s up into the present day now, would you say this is when the independent wrestling became more of a got more of a foot in the door of this is a legitimate option as well? Yeah, you can think. um, Well, even before the indies came, you're missing the the extreme side of the Monday Night Wars. In the Friday Night ECW. <laughs> yeah, I was a huge. I mean, growing up in Pennsylvania, going Uh-oh. to the going to Philly to go watch to go watch ECW and stuff like that. Like that was talk about nuts. I'm talking about mm. like crazy town. Like it was it was insane there. But you that was. You know, yes, a a company that was one of the mainstream companies, but it was a lot of the initial, you know, what what an archetype of an indie would look like. And then you fast Mm -hmm. forward to 2002 and enter Ring of Honor. And now you've got a legitimate alternative. And that's something that we have been so many companies have been trying to be the third, the alternative to wwe mm-hmm. but very few of them have been able to sustain being a legit alternative back in 02 ring of honor guys guys that a lot of mainstream fans know today the samoa joes of the world the brian danielsons of the world the cm punks of the world all cut their teeth in roh and this was like a legit when everybody else was doing the sports entertainment type stuff this was legitimate, like bringing it back to athletic contests mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, and from there, you started to see a lot more of these independents start to pop up because all of the mainstream 
TV time stuff was WWE or eventually TNA or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean too of like the alternative when it comes to alternatives, like truly an alternative, like TNA impact wrestling is like the alternative to WWE. They are the lower budget WWE, but by the idea of the getting back to what wrestling is going back to less of the character, more on work rate that's where our ROH enters the picture. That's where Ring of Honor really comes into play. And thanks to the power of the internet, (laughs) the world has just gotten smaller. And now you can just watch wrestling for hours on end every night of the week if you really wanted to. Because you got WWE, you've got Impact, you got All Elite Wrestling, you got... Major League Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, New Japan Pro Wrestling, global, not Global Force, excuse me, they don't exist. What I meant to say was Game Changer Wrestling. There are just so many options that are out there now because everyone's got a streaming service or there is a streaming service for independent wrestling, independentwrestling.com or independentwrestling.tv and Fight TV has a host of independents. It's the market has gone from you got WWE and maybe TNA, if you have the right channel to everything, it's everywhere. And more and more companies are trying to get in on it now, too. Yeah. And I think inadvertently you have you have WWE to thank for that in a lot of regards. Mm -hmm. Um, because they're, you know, they say that competition breeds success. Mm. And in the, in the nineties, it was legit a, a matter of, of one company trying to put the other company out of business. It was legit war. And then the bottom fell out. That's the difference when one guy is running the show versus a board of investors over at Turner and stuff like that. Sure. So when the bottom falls out over there and they buy the whole thing, now they're the only game in town. Now Vince doesn't have to stay on the pulse of pop culture anymore or stay on on the pulse of what his people, what his audience wants. Now he just gets to sit there and keep collecting money and turn it into more of a... An, an entertainment company than it is mm. a wrestling thing. And I think for a lot of people, they they got sick and tired of seeing the entertainment stuff because eventually you have to make a choice, right? Like I hit this point with WWE where they can't, short of Roman Reigns and when he came back and started doing the Tribal Chief gimmick. Okay. A, Short of that, nothing else has been for me for quite some time. I'm not their audience. They want young mm-hmm. kids. That's that's fine, but that's I, I'm not I'm not that person. I my taste has matured and things like that. Mm-hmm. So what what then does a person go? They either lapse or they find one of these smaller promotions and start to support them, start to support more of what's out there, things like that. And we're seeing. Thanks to, and I know for a lot of people, 
this is the this is a dirty phrase, but guys like the Bucks, guys like Kenny Omega, guys like Cody Rhodes, all of these guys really let the lit the entertain or the uh, the independent scene on fire when they started working for these different promotions and things like that, mm-hmm. and it really breathed new life into. Mm-hmm the independent scene where now you can go and see all of these different companies and things like that. Yeah. Cause that's the weird irony of professional wrestling because competition is good. We're seeing that play out right now between WWE and AEW competition is good. It forces you to have to put out a better product, better storylines, better matches, get those men and women who are the hot commodities. But at the same time, Wrestling is also better when we work together, which sounds so like Saturday morning 80s cartoon. But it is it's true. You look at something like All Out or not All Out, All In. You look at All In, which was this super promotion of Ring of Honor, Impact. Uh, was it AAA or CMLL? One of the two was AAA. also in. Was it AAA? AAA. You, you, th- those are both Mexican promotions, by the way. Those are like the two big ones down in Mexico. All you people listening who have no idea what these letters mean. Um, (laughs) You look at something like All In where they brought everybody together in this super card. And that was the birth of what is now known as AEW, All Elite Wrestling, through bringing everybody together. Competition or togetherness. That's what makes wrestling really good. Yeah, when you can when you can meld the worlds of suspending disbelief and a compelling character then really you you you've hit that sweet spot yes i agree with that so now that brings us to the present we're in 2022 here's what's been going on folks WWE in the past year has fired more people than Impact Wrestling has on their roster. (laughs) They have fired 76% of their staff. 76% of the people who have worked for WWE in the last couple of years have lost their job. So we, we have that going on, and it's for budget cuts. Listeners at home, there are air quotes going in there. Budget cuts. Over at Impact, Impact Wrestling, they're hard to kill. Roll credits. Um, They're hard to kill. They're still around. Impact Wrestling, they have been working with literally everybody in existence over the past year, running storylines with New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, the National Wrestling Alliance, and now, one of the biggest talks of the town, Knockouts Women's Champion herself, Mickey James, is going to be in the WWE Royal Rumble. Barring some type of shenanigans, dropping the title right before the show, she has been told by Impact she can carry the title into the Royal Rumble. Which to everyone at home is like, big deal, unless you are a wrestling fan and you know WWE doesn't work 
not even work. WWE doesn't acknowledge the existence of other people outside of their walls. You look like you want to say something. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I've appreciated about Impact is the fact that they will not shy away from the fact that other promotions exist. With WWE for a long time, for those of you that aren't aware, they simply, in in storyline, if anything outwardly facing, nobody else existed for years and years and years. Other rest companies just simply did not exist. They would not refer to them. They would not reference them. If you asked them, they would say they would not acknowledge who they were. Mm -hmm. So for them to cash in on this whole hype train of the forbidden door is really a big deal. You know what I mean? And it's, I'm torn, right? Because I love, I love what impact has been doing. I love the fact that they showcased Mickey James, even though women's wrestling really is not my thing. I think that she is a compelling character and a good storyteller. Okay. I don't want to see her slum it over in, wwe yeah with all of this hype and this is not how wwe tre- wwe would treat a guest but with all of this hype minimum she has to finish final four in the rumble now oh they're gonna squash the minimum 100 yeah they're but they're gonna squash her she's gonna get thrown right out yep prove prove me wrong wwe because i have lost a lot of faith in you this past year you can do two things to bring me back in and that's one of them don't squash mickey james in all of this other things going on in wrestling right now. You got AEW. They got this guy. His name's Hangman Adam Page. He's their world champion. He's a young guy. He's not Chris Jericho, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, or Kenny Omega. He's kind of the guy. He's their homegrown kind of guy who's taken the title and is going to represent the company into this new year. You got Ring of Honor, Joe's favorite thing in the world. They kind of don't exist right now. This was one of the biggest stories I thought, like legitimate news stories in 2021. Ring of Honor announced that they were releasing all of their talent, paying them through the rest of the year, but had officially released some of their contracts back in October. Was going to run one last big pay-per-view, Final Battle, which is their end year-end pay-per-view, take this first quarter off, and then relaunch at Supercard of Honor in April. And everyone kind of held their breath. But earlier this week, we got some good news, Joe, because they did announce Supercard of Honor is on for April 1st at a venue. I don't remember which one in Dallas. It's going to be run over WrestleMania weekend where when everybody runs their other shows. Joe, you're the Ring of Honor guy. Do you want to weigh in now on all of this or do you want me to come back to it? Yeah, no, I'll go ahead and weigh in. Um, okay. Ring of Honor was interesting during the pandemic. They, they on one hand, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, as I get older, business ethics matter more to me. Okay. Like the, a, an increasing amount. I refuse to support WWE because they're a trash bag company. Because they, they, they just are. They will fire people and then ask them to come back and be in the Rumble. 
For those of you that don't know, they fired Mickey James as part of this whole 76% of their talent getting let go. She got it. She made a name for herself out on the Indies and now they want to work with her again to, as a, as a means of, to drum up. Yeah, no, miss me. I'm good. Um, <laughs> but, but with a company like ring of honor, the thing that people don't talk about, they were, they were not running shows for quite a while, mm-hmm. but then they suddenly, they, like all of their people were still getting paid that whole time. None of their people went without a paycheck that entire time. Was it the best business practice to not be running shows at all and not just be running like empty arena shows and all of that? Eh, mm-hmm. No, you know what I mean? They're not, <laughs> not the smartest business practice, but at the end of the day, None of their people in a time that was completely and totally um, unknown, all of the unknowns going on and things like that, and so many people losing their jobs, none of their people went hungry. None of their people went without and all of that. So now I think a big part of this whole restructuring thing is them realizing, whoa, we've lost our shirts over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Like we've lost a boatload of money. Now let's go ahead and revamp and and figure this whole thing out and restructure how we do money, how we do business, all of those kinds of things. Um, I fundamentally believe that they will, and I thought this even when they first announced it, I mm-hmm. don't think, I never thought that this was going to be them closing the doors. I think they would have just closed yeah. I don't understand why so many people thought it was this was the end of ROH, but I really fundamentally believe that they are going to come back stronger than ever. And if I'm ROH, I say keep the title on Jonathan Grisham. He finally gave the title to him, a super athletic, good-looking black dude. Like you, you finally and and. It's one of the few things where ring or where, where professional wrestling shows its archaic nature that we mm-hmm. have to still celebrate the fact that we finally see somebody different than a six five white dude as the world champion for a Fed. Mm-hmm. You know, and so oh, yeah. Because let's not forget, WrestleMania night one was main evented this past year by two African American women for the first time. Which is awesome, and yet it was also 2021 when that finally happened. Right, right. We and and you don't have to like. I'll be the first one to admit. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm the world's foremost authority on women's wrestling. It's just not my thing. I'm not. It's not my flavor. There's a million different flavors of, okay. of wrestling. You know what I mean? From the, oh, from sure. the very much catch as catch can to the super sports entertainmenty. Like, like really character driven stuff of like DDT and all of that. Like you can get, it can yeah. get nutty with some of the things that you can see in a professional wrestling ring. And with mm. women's wrestling, like uh, it's somebody's flavor. And, and regardless of if you're, if, if it's your flavor or not, it should be less of a holy cow moment. To not have, like I said, two six five white dudes going at it over a world championship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, last year, my wife and I we watched NWA Empower, their uh, all women pay per view. Yeah. Did you watch that at all? I know you I, said it's not your cup of tea, but I'm just curious. 
Yeah, I did. Okay, my wife, again, started watching wrestling in 2017. So she has no context for Mickey James, Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, any of uh, Velvet Sky, like none of these women. Those promos that they were cutting, especially the Gail Kim promo, my wife is in tears. Like she, if the if the purpose was, hey, let's give women a voice for one night at least, mission accomplished. That you hit my wife with a bunch of people who she really didn't know. She was really there to watch Kylie Ray wrestle in the opening match. But like it, it made an impact. And speaking of NWA, I think they also should get an award for how they handled 2020 pandemic wrestling, because I, I don't know how they handled the financial side as much, but they were very, very cautious. They took a long break. I think they may have came back before Ring of Honor, but they took a long hiatus to keep people safe. And to this day, the place where they run their shows in Georgia is a government owned building. So they have additional like it is very minimum capacity at the GB GPB studios where they run their shows and they're totally fine with it. Like they have made it very clear, like we're not going to like mess around. This is people's health. We're talking about here. And I love the national wrestling Alliance. Me too, because it's a legit, it's a legit alternative. It's something different. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like it really is. Does their, does their, their announcing and their mic work and things like that need help? Yeah. Oh, that's where they really feel like an indie man. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Um, but that being said, um, I got to give it to NWA because we don't, I, I, again, I, I don't have to be the foremost authority on things. I don't have to be the most progressive dude or anything like that. For me to say a couple of very simple things. One, it shouldn't be a big hush-hush thing that women are getting the spotlight. It shouldn't be, oh, women are getting the spot. That shouldn't be a thing. B, nobody of any gender, of any circumstance, should ever be made to feel like as a part of an industry, they just need to accept the fact that they will be abused or they will Mm -hmm. be um, ostracized or they will be harassed or anything like that. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Like that's, that is very much the good old East coast boy in me that you just don't, you don't don't mess around with that. And the way that they pivoted hard when the big scandal happened in 2020 and mm. all these people got name dropped for being predators mm-hmm. and for being scumbags, mm-hmm. but for, and including their, one of their top people in, yeah. um, David Lagana, da- Dave Lagana. Um, he, that's, that's a big part of why they went quiet for a while is yeah. because he was the head of production. He was the head of creative he was one of the biggest people outside of Billy Corrigan running the show. And that's, excuse me, excuse me. That's William Patrick Corrigan to you, sir. (laughs) All I know know is that the Smashing Pumpkins are a terrible band. 
changed my mind. Oh. <laughs> um, overrated. Uh, almost as overrated as Nirvana. Oh, boy. I just Ooh. picked up some 90s kid. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you did. But so the way that they responded to that, like, dude, mm-hmm. like, that's off. Like, Chef's Kiss, like, yes, AEW responded to the pandemic in their own kind of way. Impact responded to the to the pandemic in their own kind of way. Yeah, okay. That's – but the to, to be willing to overhaul your company mm-hmm. in such a dynamic way needs to be applauded. Yes. And and here's to hoping that maybe going forward we can do it just a little bit better. Yes. I I can I can rest on that sentiment for sure. Last two promotions I want to bring up. Uh Major League Wrestling, the indiest of indies, uh they are bringing back a spiritual child of one of Joe and I's favorite wrestling things in the world, Lucha Underground under the new name Aztec Underground. This we can't go into Lucha Underground right now. That will have to be a separate episode. And finally, Will Ospreay is proving that he really is the greatest wrestler on the planet as he continues to showcase his talents over in New Japan. So that's kind of giving you the framework of where we're at right now going into 2022. Joe, how are you feeling about this year? So I can appreciate a lot of aspects of where wrestling is. I am halfway in between two worlds. That's mm. part of why ROH was so resonant with me. Okay. Like big guys slapping seven shades of something out of each other <laughs> and like, in a way that like makes you suspend your disbelief. Like shut up and take my money. Like that is <laughs> Absolutely, but I don't need 87 flips and for you to name every single move and for every single thing to have some kind of something attached. No, I don't need that. I need realism. I need okay. I need to suspend my disbelief, and I see a lot of that. Unfortunately, peppered in that is the need for flips and choreographs and for it to look like a stunt show rather okay. than for it to look like a competitive contest i'm all for work rate so long as it looks believable if you're jumping and then pausing and then you're gonna wait for the person to catch you know what i mean there's a whole yeah there's a lot of problems in that for me on the other hand character work mic work there's a reason why and i fundamentally believe this if anybody has half a brain cell then they will strap the rocket to mjf and not look back oh yeah i am all for um the millennials world champion in Mm -hmm. hangman i think hangman adam page tells a compelling story all of that kind of stuff fine but that being said i still remember on one of the very first episodes of dynamite aw show that where it was him and chris jericho in the ring and they're going back and forth and MJF on the mic. I'm like, dude, I haven't heard mic work like this in probably decades. Mm-hmm. This is why I became a professional wrestling fan in the first place. 
This is literally like dudes going at it on the mic and then can back it up in the ring is literally why I became a fan in the first place. And so for me, having a heel champion is way more dynamic than having Hmm. your conquering babyface champion that's taking out all challengers and having 60 minute matches every other week and all of that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily need that. I'd rather a compelling character at the helm. So to me, being of those worlds, dude, there's, there's awesome things going on. And, and more and more, I see the conglomerate of WWE. Like, yes, you've got your W your lifer fans that think that that's God's Mm -hmm. gift to wrestling and all of that kind of stuff. (laughs) Refuse to look at anything outside of that, whatever. Fine. Mm -hmm. If that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. Right. But for me, like, I, I love so much of what's going on, but I got to speak the praises of Impact. I think Impact is going to be the, the, the promotion to watch oh, in really? 2022. And I think that they do so much right with their dynamic storytelling that I, I just, I absolutely love it. I I used to be a real big fan of TNA back in the day. That was, I was, I've, I've always watched WWE. I wouldn't say I'm a lifer. Um, but I've always been more I've always gravitated more towards WCW to TNA impact to all to the alternative versions. Um, I do share a little bit your uh, view on wrestling, though. I like the realism. Maybe this is because we got two guys who are also martial artists uh, in their free time that when Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki are slapping the mess out of each other. That is good wrestling to me. I I want give me Jonathan Gresham and Josh Alexander any day of the week. I will take those guys. I want guys who can go out there and brawl. But at the same time, for wrestling to be good for me, you're talking about character work. I would more so lean on the then get silly with it. I was, despite the finish, Joe, I was a big fan of the exploding barbed wire death match last year between Moxley and Omega. Because, yeah, the finish was bad, but everything else there was really, really good. And if you're wondering what an exploding barbed wire death match is, it's exactly what it sounds like. There are low-grade, basically glorified fireworks attached to boards covered in barbed wire and you throw each other on top of them. It's yeah. <laughs> it's if you haven't picked this up yet, wrestling is silly. Wrestling it's is silly. Ridiculous. It's silly. You brought up. What was that? All out 2020 Chris Jericho versus orange Cassidy in the mimosa mayhem match. First person to be pushed into a tub of mimosa loses. Yes. Yes, please sign me up for that. I don't want that all the time, but when you when those things come up, lean into it. That's why things like the Elimination Chamber has always been one of my favorite matches. Money in the Bank has always been one of my favorite matches because for some reason, when you put a ladder in a ring, all of a sudden, nobody can climb it quickly. And it's so fun (laughs) when that happens. We're also of the generation where we grew up on the Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Edge and Christian in TLC, 
we grew up on Armageddon 2000, the um, the six-way mm-hmm. Hell Cell match. You know what I mean? These kinds of big, bombastic um, type, type matches where they're all gimmicked. You know what I mean? There's always a spin on them and all that kind of stuff. We grew up with the hardcore division. You know yeah. what I mean? Where people are just, you know, beating the tar out of each other with weapons and all that kind of stuff. Guys like me, I grew up on on ECW. Uh, mm-hmm. I, later, ECW got a little bit ridiculous with people like New Jack stabbing people and all that kind of stuff. That got <laughs> but and and I wish I was being facetious when I said that ECW is a weird thing, folks. Um, but yeah, that's you know, but but that's the stuff that we are used to. And so now, when you've got those fans are now adults, thirty somethings, forty somethings, watching this stuff you're now seeing or on the flip side you've got people who are super young that are now right have the book and on Mm. wrestling promotions and things like that now Mm. you're starting to see the evolution of the silliness of wrestling and the ridiculousness of it and i think that's where game changer wrestling comes into play because they are very silly have you seen the invisible man match yes yes i did there is a thing Google it. Go on YouTube, fans. Go, go Google GCW Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. They had a match between two invisible people. And I know that sounds ridiculous. And it was. But at the same time, it was so well done that like say is that referee earned his paycheck that night yeah he did because that it was all on the ref to carry that match it was so well done but you you look at game changer wrestling and you got guys like nick gage slicing people up with pizza rollers like that is the natural result of ecw that in combat zone that you get this hardcore deathmatch style wrestling or Orange Cassidy sticking his hands in his pockets with his low, low effort, just kicking people gently. That's what you get from that. At the same token, you get cruiserweight action. You get the work rate stuff from Paul Heyman bringing those people over from Mexico and Japan and all of that. Like that was not that WCW took that from ECW. Paul Heyman did that way before Eric Bischoff did. Yeah, cuz that's the that's the part that we all forget about ECW. Like we remember Sandman and Raven and the Dudleys and Taz and all these guys. But that's where Chris Benoit came from. Ooh, I said the word, Joe. That's where Chris Benoit came from. That's where all these light heavyweight guys got their start. That's where Jericho was at real early on was ECW, where people were getting bashed in the head with game consoles and thrown off of scaffolding. This yeah. is where those high work rate guys were also coming from. Yeah, you guys want to want a story, an out and out story. Look up Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow at um, Hardcore Revolution. Okay. David and Goliath story. Taz is a five 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 six, built like a fire hydrant dude, and Bam Bam Bigelow's like six six and maybe like four fifty, maybe if not if not he's a he's a big fella, and the story that they were able to tell was just out of bounds. Like it was just 
absolutely awesome. I'll have to look that one up. I was a little young for ECW, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched my fair share as an adult now. Um, for and me, that's Taz is such a big fan, or I'm such a big fan of Taz, is because like you talk, you talk about a dude that encompassed everything that I want at realism. Mm-hmm. Like you looked, it looked like he was he was messing dudes up in that ring. And for somebody like me, who I I grew up in boxing gyms i enjoyed mm. all of that kind of stuff that like to to see this dude throwing people around like that and then getting on the top getting on the stick and just eviscerating people in promo work it was just mm-hmm. awesome i wish i i wish i could remember taz as a wrestler i i've always known taz as the commentator but that's a good thing too my going into 2020, my impress or 2022, excuse me, going into 2022, my impression is that this is going to be a big make or break year for a lot of people. I think this is going to be a make or break year for a lot of promotions. WWE. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take a lot for them to go bankrupt. I mean, there's they got money out the wazoo in that company. I think this is going to be a make or break year for their fans as they continue to drain the pool of their talent, drain the pool of production and move more and more towards entertainment yep. and less and less towards wrestling. Like you said, it, the weird thing about WWE is that they appeal to children, but their main demo is 50, 50 plus those lifers. You get like children and 50 year old men who have been with the company for forever. And like you said, if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. That's fine. I'm I'm I've I've lost interest. Smackdown has always been my favorite WWE show and I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. I think this is going to be a Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, that's because the two main people that you just described are Hulk Hogan and Attitude Era fans that have just refused to let go. <laughs> or people that like kids that like the flashiness and like the 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 very watered down version of wrestling that WWE is now and and can do now that they are publicly traded and they behold mm-hmm. to advi- or investors and you know different advertisers and different people mm-hmm. like that that like it very much changes the whole dynamic of what it is that they that they present um whereas with these other companies they're trying to recapture what wrestling was like before all we ever knew the whole generation of people that all they ever knew was sports entertainment yeah Yeah. and i should i should explain real quick as far why we keep using that phrase sports entertainment vince mcmahon eats the word wrestling he is one and two, and that's part of the biggest difference between WCW and subsequently AEW, which is kind of a spiritual successor of sorts to WCW in a lot of ways. Um, but they, it was very much a South, that, that Southern wrestling versus the North's entertainment and stuff like that. Hmm. And he coined this phrase, sports entertainment, Back in the, I think it was the early 2000s was when it really, when he really made a push to get wrestling, the word wrestling out of it. And so it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing 
that gets used in the community of, of wrestling versus sports entertainment. Wrestlers versus superstars, yes. which that's what they call their men's. Well, w- women, too. They stopped using the word diva, thankfully. Um, even, even Progress. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's there's that's why we keep going back to that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that perfect storm of the steroid trial, Chris Benoit, the whole nine yards that really you start to see the I mean, they literally changed the name of the company also because the World Wildlife Foundation was suing them for using the letters WWF and they changed it from World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment. That is what your E stands for is entertainment. That's what they're about. I think this might be a make or break year for AEW. They've the bubble has. I don't want to be that guy, but the the bubble has to pop at some point. Like, I don't want it to. I want them to continue to succeed. But between putting the title on a young guy who is very different from their other characters who have been champion, and also the move to TBS and having to regage um, demos and ratings and whatnot, I think this could be an interesting year for them. Like. I'm going to give a couple of rapid fire hot takes about AEW. Go. I think that they are proving that flippy dippy stuff, not to, not to be too much like Jim Cornette, um, doesn't sell tickets. And I would, I seriously agree with that. You cannot sell a card just based off of flippy dippy stuff and people flying through the and acrobatics and all that kind of stuff. People want storylines. People mm-hmm. don't just want 60-minute matches all the time. It's not the 80s anymore. People don't – they will not accept just that. That with any compelling storyline is an entirely different story. And I really think that if AEW – here's the thing, right? They're not – they haven't been growing. That's the no. thing that nobody's talking about. Their audience Correct. isn't growing. Yeah, it's It's sustaining, and that's not necessarily good. And so while I can appreciate what AEW is, they mm-hmm. for love need to hire somebody who can tell a story. If they can mm-hmm. learn how to tell a story, they will take over the wrestling business. If they yeah. can learn how to have long overarching story, uh, story beats that don't eventually get forgotten or get put on the back burner for the latest free agent signing or something along those lines, or actually do the whole rankings thing that they said that they were going to do leave that. Honestly, I think they should leave that to MLW. MLW does that wonderfully because that's a temple mm. gimmick. Of theirs. Yeah. Leave it alone. Like, yes, make matches matter. And seriously, Get some somebody needs needs to take the mic away from uh, Jr. They need to take the headset yeah. away. He's done. Like he's a by he's a he's a relic of a bygone era. They they need to be done and move forward with Excalibur and Taz on the headset. Same thing with Tony Schiavone. If they want to move him into, into like a Mean Gene role where he's doing backstage okay. in ring stuff and all of that, cool. I can appreciate that. If you want to roll, uh, if, if you want to stroll uh, uh, Jim Ross out for the the random occasional match, whatever, fine. But mm-hmm. you need to go with voices that can match what's going on in the ring, sure. and that's just simply not those two. I don't need to hear a story about TBS in 1985 every other match. <laughs> it's not what I want. Sure. You know I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and Excalibur, Excalibur definitely hits that voice. Like he is the age of the people who are in the ring, and it makes sense. Jr. is kind of at that that at that point of like <laughs> Ric Flair and TNA, you know, just kind of like the dude. Like we need to we need to stop doing this now. Or Sting in AEW. I said or, it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Sting needs to be done. Or they need to get, like, they just stuck him with with Darby. Oh, you wear face paint? I wear face paint. Let's wear face paint together. We're not friends. Like, that's literally the depth of their relationship. Come on. What are you talking about? You're just not not paying attention to the details. Like, clearly, Sting is his grandpa. Like, that's really (laughs) what's going on here is that Sting. (gasps) Say what you want about the work that Sting's doing now. I will forever enjoy. I think it, w- it was double or nothing when it was him and Darby versus men of the year with uh, Ethan page and um, Scorpio, Scorpio sky. And that see that look Ethan page gets on his face when sting just kind of pops up behind him and he's like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> it has its moments ring of honor. So they've ceased to exist kind of, because Impact Wrestling is so great, they've just invaded Impact Wrestling with a small handful of their guys. I agree with you. You said this earlier. I don't know why everybody was like, bye, see you later, Ring of Honor. This is it. Like, when they said, we'll be back at Supercard of Honor, I took it for what it's worth. I think this is going to be an interesting year to see how it all plays out, uh, especially with this whole the restructuring that they're doing, they're going to non-contracted talent now to help save money. So that'll be an interesting play on how that works out with everything should make booking a little bit easier and also more difficult all at the same time. Well, the thing that most people don't realize about ring of honor is they're, they're one of the only other places outside of the big two that has consistently used uh, exclusivity contracts Mm. that, that most of their roster was on company-specific exclusive contract. Mm. And so I think that's brilliant, especially because WWE has proven that they are an entertainment company. Okay, so what do we have now that combats that? A revamp of the territory system. That's all the indies are. It's the territory system. So share talent. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. The Briscoes went and won the GCW tag team titles like even before they announced it. They were showing up in GCW to win their titles. So, yeah, share the talent. It's fine. Share the love. Wrestling is better when people from they don't even go here show up and wrestle for it and win their titles and bring it back to their company. It's more interesting that way. It's this blurring. It's it's as if DC showed up at Marvel, which did happen at the, in the 90s. Uh, like this stuff does happen. And it's more interesting that way. Joe, we need to be wrapping this up. Clearly, we need to do more episodes of wrestling, don't we? Don't we, Geekology listeners? You definitely want to go on systematicgeekology.org and tell us that you want more wrestling in your life. Yeah, this is going to have to be one of those one of those. So we we are we are taking a minute to appeal to you guys, our our lovely audience. Um, This is a this is very much a test of a proof of concept. This is something that, you know, I'm not surprised 
that we've now gone, if you, you know, at this point, you, you may be listening this to anywhere from 55 minutes to an hour and three. It, who knows as far as once it comes, once it actually comes out. But we've now gone on and we've tried to shove the proverbial five pounds of bologna or 10 pounds of bologna in a five pound sack. Because we don't know if we'll ever get a chance to jump back in front of this mic and talk about wrestling. We need to hear from you guys mm. as to whether or not, because this isn't your typical fandom. This isn't your no. your typical Marvel, DC, comic book, Star Wars sort of, sort of geekdom. So if this is something that you guys want to hear us discuss, if you want a history of wrestling where we can take time with mm-hmm. each one, promotions or give our top five rankings or all of those kinds of things that's something that we need to know from you guys so reach out telephone tell a friend let <laughs> let, let people know that the christians are talking about wrestling too and that this is something that um you know that is out there and and let us know if this is something that you want to hear more of. for sure so real quick joe two sentence what is your show to watch in 2022? Oh man, um, I have to go with um, if if Ring of Honor does what they should do as far as continuing on the storylines that they had brewing between um, free or uh, uh, your narrative the uh, EC, uh, EC3's group. Oh, uh, control uh, your nar- control your narrative. Control, control your narrative. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, the the who's the true champion between Jonathan Gresham and Bandito? Yes, please. Mm. Those two have all of the matches. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and if if AEW can learn how to tell a story, those are mm. probably my two that I would say really look at. Impact. They've got something for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I would say the National Wrestling Alliance. I really enjoy their product. I do. They they scratch that old school wrestling, 80s wrestling spot in the best possible way, because it's not just like the 80s are the best. Jim Cornette, the 80s are the best. It's how do we celebrate the history, but doing it in a modern way? And Nick Aldis is, quote me, pound for pound, the best champion in all of professional wrestling. Osprey may be more talented, but pound for pound, Nick Aldis is the actual complete package. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that. I think I I think that for all this, if there's anything that I would love to see, it's for a don't get me wrong. I can appreciate Trevor Murdoch. I can appreciate the fact that they put the title on somebody else. I think it was time, all of that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. put that title on him and send him out everywhere. Send him out. Oh. Do everything, wrestling, everybody, build up the prestige, build up that, like, mm-hmm. absolutely 100%. Yeah, that's kind of go back to what they were doing before they launched Power, which is their weekly show of hit of uh, Aldis who's going around or Murdoch, whatever going around to other promotions to highlight the title. They also have a new weekly show on Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock central. The rest of you people do your math um, called NWA USA. And they are highlighting, they're crowning a new junior heavyweight champion, a new cruiserweight champion, which 
in some companies like WWE, it doesn't really matter to the rest of the world. That is 205 pounds or lighter is typically defined as a cruiserweight or a junior heavyweight. And it's free. It's on YouTube. That is one of the best ways that you can easily walk into wrestling just to kind of get a taste of it or at least a brand of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I want to give something real quick before we wrap up here to the diehards that are the people that have understood all of the lingo, understood (laughs) all of that rapid fire top three predictions of 2022. Go for it. Top three predictions of 2022. Okay. Um, Across the board can be anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Across the board can be anything. GCW is going to get on television. I think they're already in talks. There's been a little bit of talks uh, with Vice along with MLW to join them over there. Um, So I think GCW is going to make it onto cable or whatever you want to call it now. Two, WWE is going to make a movie. Now, they have made movies in the past, but what I mean by that is there has been these weird talk that they're going to start their own basically cinematic universe of movies, of wrestling, and I think it's going to happen this year. And it's going to be bad. <laughs> That's not actually part of the prediction, but it's it's not going to be great. They can do the cinematic match here and there, especially the Boneyard match between Undertaker and uh, Styles back at WrestleMania. But I don't know how a whole movie is going to be. And uh, I have a fire number three. NWA is going to. NWA is going to invade AEW. I know they kind of already did that with Thunder Rosa, but I'm just waiting for the rest of them to show up now. Yes, I, I think it's just because I want Kenny Omega and Aldis is really what it comes down to. But <laughs> oh, see, I want I want Cody Rhodes and and Aldis again. I want to see that. We do with, need the third with Cody as the heel and Aldis as the babyface because before it was the other way around. Yeah. And I hundred percent want to see like they they need to change. They need to flip the flip the coin and finally make him make him a heel. Make him a heel. I understand slow storytelling. But you need to make make Cody a heel now, otherwise it's going to be garbage. Like I, I now is the point where they can either lean into it and do it, or be done and and like make it so that way he's his father. But even his father <laughs> was a heel sometimes and knew sure. when to be a heel. You know what I mean? And right. I think I think he makes a better heel than he does a babyface. Cody, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, rapid fire. What do you got? Okay, I unfortunately think that they are going to keep the the title on page for all of the year. I think we will close out mm-hmm. the year with Hangman as the as the champion for AEW. Um, I don't like that. I, and and unfortunately, one B of that is I think that under his reign, we're not going to see um, business do very well for him. Um, I think that we are going to see a full on, uh, clash between, um, ring of honor and, uh, impact where it's like a full on invasion deal. I don't think it's just going to be these five people that, or however many it was at the pay-per-view. 
think we are going to see a full on battle of the brands sort of thing. Um, and I think that we are finally going to see WWE sell to somebody. Um, maybe the mouse, maybe somebody like that. I don't know. Um, but I do think that that's exactly what they're getting the company ready for is to yeah. sell it off. And I think we're finally going to see Vince run off into, or, or ride off into the sunset. Yeah. And of all the options, it's got to be Mickey Mouse or it's got to be Jeff Bezos and Amazon. No, but really, though, like they would have the money because all this would come down to is who could write the biggest check. And that's your two options. And Amazon now has an entire platform of wrestling content. I mean, they have some already, but now they have a major promotion. Yeah, yep. I would agree with that. This this is what all of this firing and restructuring. That's what this has to be leading towards. Yep. We have been going for so long on wrestling. So maybe we should. Do, we have definitely shown our passion here for wrestling. But very simply, Joe, we 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 have a tendency to go long anyway. The state of the church in America. Maybe I'll monologue for a bit and then you can kind of wiggle in here. I think right now the church is in an interesting spot. We we were so all over the place in 2020, drawing lines in the sand, getting passionate about some things and then completely cooling off within two weeks when the next cool thing came around. And then we got really tired in 2021. And we all got really depressed and really sad and really just needed to go sit in the corner with a warm glass of milk and just relax. But we kept pressing on. I think right now, going into 2022, the church is maybe recalculating. I would hate to use the word slumbering, which maybe is really what's going on. Maybe the church is just kind of taking a backseat and is just going to let things play out until the next big thing happens. And then we get all riled up again. But I don't know. I, you know, back in 2020, it would have been, we're a hot mess would have been more of my answer. But right now going into 2022, I don't really know what the church in America looks like. Is it, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing either. Maybe we're just taking our chill pill finally and, trying to get our head together. Joe, what do you think? Well, it's a loaded question and we've gone long already, but we have to do a little bit of a topic, you know? Right. Um, to, to, to sum it up in a reader's digest version, that would need a lot more context. <laughs> I think that we are either on the precipice of a great reformation or we are seeing the systematic deconstruction of the American church. And I know that that's a heavy statement to make. That's a very heavy statement to make. And coming out of a uh, nigh 33-year-old's mouth probably just looks like an angry millennial uh, talking smack and all that kind of stuff. But all I'm going to say is this. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible is America referenced. And on top of that, we have historically seen systems that have fallen away from God come to an end. 
mm-hmm. like it or not, good or bad, that is something that we have seen historically speaking. Mm. And you are seeing a an incredible downswing in attendance, in churches, in all of these things that mm-hmm. you can't ignore that forever. You no. can't have that just continue to be a thing when, you know, most of the church population in America is made up out of a handful of churches. That something has gone has gone terribly wrong. And so I think that if we're being honest about it and looking at the current state of things, we either need to have a great awakening to the fact that this is more about relationship than rules, that it's more about intimacy than the building or the ritual or any of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to see the page turn on what this country actually stands for to a point where there won't be this misguided notion that this country stands for in God we trust. Mm -hmm. No, no, I agree with you. And I think it's one of those, you hope for the best, you plan for the worst, you know, at least that's kind of my mentality. You hope for the best. We want that reformation. You're listening to two guys. You're listening to a lot of hosts on this show who want that reformation. And, you know, as a guy who works in church ministry, like I see it here and there, I see it in small kernels here and there, but then you have to step back and say, is it enough kernels? You know? Yeah. And at that point, I I'll be honest, you're, you're hearing from another guy um, that most of my time is spent doing things that are in ministry. This mm-hmm. is the most non-ministry related broadcasting that I do. It's so like, trust me, I want to see the awakening. I don't, mm-hmm. it comes with a very heavy heart for me to say that. I take no joy out of saying those things. Mm-hmm. But if I'm being honest, that's the reality. Yeah. Yes. No, that is the reality that we're in right now. This could all just fall apart. I'll say it, you know, is there some things that are good that are coming out of the systematic deconstructing? I actually think so. I think some of that for some of that, there are major holes in the armor that are starting to show that the church needs to then reform. But that's the step that's missing. That's the step that's missing. And, you know, we've just got done poetically talking about all these companies who have risen and fallen, risen and fallen, or have risen and somehow managed to survive. And I'm not trying to bang the drum of America can survive everything. Because it, it, Joe just said, it doesn't, it doesn't have to. It might not. Or at least the church as we know it might not. But it, but God is still bigger and God is still good in all of this. And we put our trust in him. And that's all the cliche things that we can say here. And I hope just as much as we're pleading to you to, hey, do more wrestling. We want that. We want to do more wrestling. Our plead to you also within our audience is this is fun. But hey, 
the relationship with Jesus, that's what matters most. You want to know how Reformation starts? You want to know how real great awakenings take place? It wasn't just revivals and people are getting saved. It was the church waking up. That's what the awakening was. It was the church realizing, hey, we're Christian in name only. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's that. Uh, I, anything past that is, yeah. I, I, it would turn into a whole, a whole episode in and of itself. So. Yeah. We'll wrap it up then. So Joe, we've done a little bit of recommendations earlier talking about some of the wrestling shows to watch in 2022. Anything else you would want to add to the recommendation list wrestling or otherwise? Yeah, so I want to I want to recommend um, an indie fed out of uh, northern Michigan that I had a chance to meet when I was out there last August. It's IEW Imperial Wrestling Entertainment. Okay, they are a Christian wrestling company. Oh, that cool. That mainly does like charity stuff and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were they were part of the festivities that I spoke at. They did they they did some tapings there and did like a live cool. like a live event sort of thing, and they are just so much fun. They've got a, a show on YouTube called Battle Zone that I would definitely suggest checking out. They are and if you are up that way, seriously take take the opportunity to go and see them if you can. They are a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful show and um, really good dudes. That's fun. We used to have one like that here in Northwest Indiana that was ran through a church. Um, Really good stuff. Fire Pro Wrestling. No association to the old video game. But I heard of Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah, they were good. They got Rhino. That was like one of their that was during Rhino's indie days. I guess he is still. But um, they would get Rhino frequently. And my brothers and I would go. Uh, My recommendation would be to check out Black Label Pro. That's one of the indies, hot indies out here in uh, in Northwest Indiana. They, uh, I've seen Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, all before they went on to sign their big contracts. Ethan Page, Jordan Grace, like that's where I saw a lot of these people before they signed on with the bigger promotions. So really good stuff. They got some of their matches on YouTube. They've got like a select group of matches on there you can check out um but they're also on independentwrestling.tv i think that's where you can catch their pay-per-views and the subscription for that's really cheap i think it's like eight bucks a month for a whole lot of indie content on there so check them out joe where can people find you if they want to hear you rant about the church more <laughs> uh you can find me at buddywalkwithjesus.com i'm a co-host at buddy Walk with jesus you can also find us on Facebook going live all the time. Um, same thing with uh, Kingdom on the Road every Saturday night at 7.30. And you can find me, Brandon Knight, on Instagram at just.brandon.k or Geekology now has a Twitter. So I guess I will also plug, you can follow me on Twitter if you really want to. Uh, just underscore Brandon K if you want. I really just tweet along with wrestling shows. So now you know what you're getting yourself into. I also co-host the show, My Seminary, or co-host, what am I talking about? I'm the only guy on the show. I'm also on My Seminary Life, where I talk about the stuff I'm studying in grad school right now. It's on all the platforms, Facebook and Instagram, at My Seminary Life Pod. And occasionally, 
I show up with Joe over on Kingdom on the Road. So follow us over there as well. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. Even if it, if this is the one and done wrestling episode, thank you for listening. And remember, we are a chosen priesthood, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.